0: Good evening all, my name is Zinjin Iglesia, and I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Arlington. I'm currently in residence here at St. Charles because, well, I was kicked out of my seminary, but I promise it's only temporary, and I'm living here with three other seminarians and the two priests. It's a great privilege to be here with you for P3. Today I'll be sharing a reflection from the Gospel of John, from the Gospels of Easter Sunday, and also the Gospel of Easter Tuesday. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter then came out with the other disciple and they went toward the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying, and the napkin, which had been on his head, not lined with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Saying this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, as I introduced myself earlier, my name is Zinjan Iglesia. I entered seminary immediately after graduating from George Mason University. And a little bit about myself by way of introduction I grew up in a very culturally Catholic Filipino household. I lived sort of a wayward life in high school and into college, again, where I attended GMU. I got really into the wild party scene. Everything was about me and what I wanted in my own personal pursuit of happiness, which was often only temporarily fulfilled by mundane worldly pleasures. In my freshman year, by God's grace, I was convinced to go on a freshman beach retreat. For the first time ever, since my very first confession nine years prior, I went to the priest and I opened my heart to him. I confessed all of my sins. And afterwards, upon returning to the chapel where there was Eucharistic adoration, there was a sudden movement in my heart. I felt as if there was a fire burning within me And I've never experienced a feeling like this before. And I just prayed to God saying, Lord, if this is all real, please just make it clear. And after that, the water flow started going down my face and it felt very real. It was as if every longing of my heart was being fulfilled at that very moment. That God broke into my own inner darkness and revealed his light and his love to me. And it was just that. I was experiencing his merciful love for the very first time in my life. But to be honest, despite that significant moment in my life, changing everything to me, even pointing me towards pursuing now the vocation of the priesthood of Jesus Christ, I had my doubts of the reality of all this. I was skeptical. I would ask, is this real? Jesus, is this really happening? But in the end, It was the joy of experiencing the risen Christ in my own life that brought me to my feet. In that joy, I was made whole again. The joy I experienced on that retreat can truly be marked as an Easter joy. The very joy we experienced this week as we continue into the Easter season. The joy that comes with celebrating the greatest event in the history of salvation, the resurrection of Jesus Christ what Pope Benedict XVI called a cosmic event linking heaven and earth. In his resurrection, Christ shows that he has truly left no stone unturned and no ruin unredeemed. Death truly has been defeated. But then there's this year's Easter, an Easter that, to be honest, does not really feel like Easter Masses are being live streamed. We're confined to our homes. There's a global pandemic happening. People are suffering, people are dying. All in all, things do not feel right. Things aren't as they normally are in the Easter season. Though some of us may have forgotten, Easter must always be marked by joy. This year, the place we find ourselves is a place of uncertainty of longing for even the smallest sense of familiarity in our lives. This year, we ask, where is Jesus? Where is he? And then there's Mary Magdalene, sweet, sweet Mary Magdalene, a saint that I've gotten very close to in my years of seminary formation and especially during this time of difficult illness. Mary Magdalene, in the passages I read earlier from the Gospel of John, had just saw the man, Jesus, that freed her from her seven demons go through a heart-wrenching passion. She saw him get brutally scourged, seeing his kingship get mocked through a crown of thorns. She witnessed him get charged to death and forced to carry his own torture device all the way up to Calvary. Alongside the Virgin Mary and the beloved John, She was present below his feet as he was presented to the world, crucified on the cross. She watched her beloved die. Then she helped carry his body to the tomb. Naturally, she was filled with grief-stricken sorrow. She was unconsoled, disoriented, afraid. Wouldn't we all be? And we see clearly, and I, I think imagining the movie The Passion of the Christ can really help you. We see that she loved him so much, so much. Very early the next morning as we read, described by the darkness, she returned to the tomb to finish the burial anointing. Why, you may be wondering. Anyone who has grieved the death of a loved one knows this feeling. The finality of death is frankly unbelievable. We struggle to bear the thought of not physically seeing our beloved again. Mary had the opportunity to be near Jesus once more, to see and to touch him. Even in death, he drew her to him with an irresistible force. But again, as we read, she discovered that Jesus was not there. An agonizing twist to what was already a nightmare past couple of days. She thought someone had taken the body of Jesus from the tomb. Profound grief was met with profound horror. All she wanted was to be with him again. How many of you feel like her right now? You've all been through so much this past month, apart, physically at least, from the Eucharist made present at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. You've all been turning to live streams instead seeking out even the slightest of consolation from our Lord, something, you just want something. Maybe you are experiencing the same emptiness she experienced, that very same longing for our Lord. What does she do next? She runs to the apostles, she makes haste. She approaches them and she cries to them. She says, says, they have taken him, they have taken the Lord, She thinks Jesus has been stolen from her, as if someone has taken him from her so that she can never be with him again. And So many of us must feel again this way, exactly like this. We feel as if Jesus has been taken away from us, that we are being kept from him, that he has been stolen away from us. And from this, naturally, comes anxiety, comes pain, comes sorrow, comes loneliness. And brothers and sisters, all of those are understandable, and you're not alone. The apostles then run to the tomb, John, of course, arriving first, as he mentions, but waiting for his leader, Peter, to enter in first. They discover neatly wrapped cloths, cloths that wouldn't have been removed if our Lord were truly stolen by thieves. It would be silly for a thief to remove the expensive burial cloths from a corpse fighting through the dried on resin-like aloe and myrrh that they, they, um, they wrap around the body of a dead corpse. And they definitely wouldn't have taken the time to nicely fold up the cloth and place them nicely on the tomb and as padre planty our new rector of saint charles seminary here in clarendon has taught us in our many etiquette classes at our dinner table we always fold up our napkins nicely to signal our return which was the practice of the time of christ as well and jesus does return as we know he reveals that he truly has not been taken away in an awesome scene unlike many others in the sacred scriptures Mary does not fall into fear or immediate reverence at the sight of two angels. She's practically unfazed by them because she is so, so, so fixed on the Lord. She is so focused on how much she wants him. She turns and there he is, Jesus, in the flesh, in a glorified state. But she doesn't recognize him. But at the sound of her name, everything falls into place. Maybe, just maybe this Easter, we are in the same shoes or sandals as Mary Magdalene. If we are pained by feeling so apart from him when all along he has been in our midst, simply disguised. I encourage you to ask yourselves, Where is Jesus in my life in this present time amidst this crazy pandemic that we're all suffering in? Where is he disguised? Through what or through who does he want to reveal himself to me in these times of pandemic? Is he calling me to go out of my way to serve my neighbors, to reach out to the elderly in my community? Is he calling me to give more to charities or to the church to help those suffering in these times? Is he calling me to call my mom, my dad, my sibling, or a friend, especially the ones that I haven't talked to recently? Is he calling me to drop the phone and be present at the dinner table with my family? Is he calling me to maybe limit my Netflix usage to one episode of a show every day? Is he calling me to pray more? Is he calling me to read scripture more? Is he calling me to reach out to my Bible study members, my small group members, to pray together? Where is he? What is he calling me to do? And brothers and sisters, just as Jesus calls Mary Magdalene by her first name, we must hear him call our names because truly he calls us by name. He knows who we are as his beloved sons and daughters. It wouldn't be mere sensible imagination for you to pretend Jesus is calling you by your first name. He really does that. He really wants to speak to you. He really wants to grab your attention by calling out your name to you. We must hear his tender voice say to us, "Hey." I'm here. I've always been here. I will never abandon you. It's against my very nature to leave you behind. Brothers and sisters, Jesus can never be stolen from you. And in this reality, we find the true joy of Easter that we can forever be intimately connected with God, and that he truly. He will never be torn away from us. To close, I I just wanted to offer one practical tip when it comes to prayer, which leads to a closer relationship with God, a relationship that I promise will fulfill all of your desires, especially in this time of pandemic. As a reminder, this is only one piece of advice. If you want a whole library, library of Catholic resources, Uh, st charles.org resources actually has a phenomenal list of catholic resources for you to grow in your spiritual lives and please share those with your friends and family but the one practical suggestion i have for you is if you haven't been lately to pick this up to pick up your bibles and if you don't have one please stop by the office and i'm sure we can get you one while observing social distancing protocols, and maybe we'll Lysol it for you if you need that. And just to remind you, prayer is always a dialogue between two persons, and God speaks to us personally through sacred scriptures. St. Ambrose once said, we speak to God when we pray, and we listen to him when we read the scriptures. Through this knowledge of the word of God and the silence of prayer, we can better discern what's God's voice, what are our own voices, what's the voice of the world, and what's the voice of the devil. We must spend time with him in his word, closely examining how he interacts with all the people he encountered, just as we see with the disciples and Mary Magdalene today. The way he spoke, walked, prayed, ate, and listened, As we get to know Him, we start to know when it is Christ truly speaking to us. Thus, our prayer is affected, our very being is affected, and we are transformed in that. In knowing Him, we will begin to hear Him, feel Him, and see Him throughout the day. We receive the fruit, our very callings, and we become living images. Of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we are in a very, very privileged time to deepen our relationships with our Lord, to grow in better habits of prayer, to read scripture more, to pray Lectio Divina more, and to ultimately fall in love with him in more deeply profound ways. Again, like Mary Magdalene, I encourage all of you to listen to him call out your voice. And something that I've been doing lately is reflecting on my own life and the many ways the Lord has called me, the many moments in my life where I've fallen deeply in love with him. And in those moments, I simply just say, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. And I am reminded of his good works in my life. Please know that all of us here at St. Charles are praying for you daily. And we continue to pray for an end to the pandemic, for healthcare workers, for essential workers, and for those that are suffering and for the repose of the souls of those that have died. Please join us at 8.30 for pub time and you can join Padre, the staff, and all the seminarians here on Zoom, which you can find posted on our social media pages. Once again, Thank you all so much and may God bless you this Easter Christ is truly risen hallelujah